Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Revolution Running. Join world-renowned running guru, Dr. Jason Karp, on one of his workshops or certifications and learn winning training methods to improve physiological factors of running fitness and performance and distinguish yourself as a running expert. Dr. Karp has written books such as Running for Women, Run Your Fat Off, and The Inner Runner. And brought to you by Evolve Health. Evolve Health offers a full line of nutrition and supplement products for athletes and those seeking better health. And if that's not enough, we are also brought to you by 361. Get the best in athletic performance, cross-training, running sneakers, men and women's fitness, gear, and apparel. For codes and promos, go to twofitcrazies.com and click on the podcast sponsor tab at the top of the page. It's Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Welcome to episode 25. 25. Wow. Feeling alive. Wow. This is pretty amazing, everybody. We, uh, you know, started over the summer thinking about, hey, we should podcast. And Brian's like, sure, I'll podcast. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. And uh, here we are, episode 25. We've got some... Uh, what heavy hitters that we've oh, yeah. interviewed already in the fitness and wellness and nutrition industry. And well, just like any, like even, you know, start in fitness or anything is like, all right, where do we start? You know, and we started and we're, we are rolling now. I'm listening to podcasts and all these other things lately that talk about, you know, you need to have platforms and this and that. And, and you know what? Sometimes that's the biggest obstacle for people is to find out how do we get our information out, disseminated to the world, make a difference, get your voices heard. And you know what? Our box has been checked. Like we went from the, we went from the top, you know, and now we're, you know, just only going up. We started up. at the bottom. Now we're here. That's what I was going to start saying. But then I figured, you know, I didn't know if that was. Get lost on people. Gonna work. Drake. <laughs> um, so just to go back last week, we were, we were in a real funky mood last week. I don't know what was, what was going on, but we can't wait. Um, if you haven't checked out episode 24 with Dr. Tony Garo, um, yeah, we were just, we were all over that last week. It was fun. Totally fun. And that's what Anytime there's the in-studio guest is yeah. like, you know, we, we always, it's just, it's just, you know, there's a, there's a, it was funny. It was more interaction. Um, and it was, you know, he was, he was great. We got tons of good information on fighting influenza mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and just really taking a holistic approach to, to health and, and, um, and just looking at just about all the different angles uh, to it, um, you know, hydration yeah. and, and even some supplementation and some things that, you know, that he does with his uh, patients. and Even and getting adjustments to fight sickness that, yeah. you know, when something's thrown off in your spine that it throws off your, you know, your balance and your back and um, and really how – I think it's amazing that when you do go to a chiropractor or a doctor that you should see if they look at your health as a more holistic way as opposed to just one little piece. I'm really seeing that, that it's right? coming about more and people are really looking at, at, at just about everything instead of just, you know, the pen and the pad and the script and here you go and, and uh, you know, we'll see you next time you're sick. You know, there's more, I think that I'm seeing more of it, you know, maybe it's just the relationships that I have, uh, you know, that people are, are looking at it a little bit more. So, you know, really good. Episode 24, Dr. Tony Garrow, uh, with tons of information, uh, you know, definitely take a, uh, a look back at that one if you haven't listened already. Episode 25, I'm excited. This one was awesome. We, uh, we just got uh, done with uh, Jonathan Ross, mm -hmm. creator of Funtensity. 
and uh, tell us. Explain. He is uh, he is just amazing. Um, I hope you enjoy this because he's someone that I've met um, traveling and presenting on the fitness circuits around the country. Gives keynote speeches as a motivational speaker as well. Um, is a idea world presenter winner as well and trainer. Works with Ace. Um, he has developed this program called Funtensity which really puts the fun back into fitness. And I know we've been interviewing a lot of, um, you know, people in the fitness industry and the best people out there are going to tell you the same exact thing. Number one, fitness is not about killing yourself. It's about longevity. It's about taking care of your body and it's not just your body, it's your mind. So really taking care of that mental aspect. And if something is not going to be fun, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to resonate with you. And Jonathan Ross really works with the whole idea of motion is driven by emotion. So emotion drives motion. So if you have a positive, you know, feeling towards something, then you're likely to do it. It's likely to stick. So he's got such amazing ideas. He is going to be one of the next big things if you have not heard about him yet. And, wait, uh, wait till you hear what he uses in his um, workouts. It's fantastic. A little cliffhanger for you. And they're all named Christine. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's it's really he's come up with something special, and he's uh, he was an amazing guest, and he was ton, you know, great information, and very enthusiastic about helping people, and you know, spreading love, and and just really just just doing it more so than the grunts and the groans of the fitness industry and the clanging and banging that uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the, um, you know, is out there now, and it's refreshing. It's nice to hear you know to have these people who are who are doing things uh, at a very high level. Uh, and developing things that that um, feel the same way that I do, at least um, you know it's it's, uh, it's and very, me too. No, I know at least I speak for myself. <laughs> I you know I don't want to dive into that head of yours. Uh, <laughs> uh, so please uh, enjoy episode twenty five of the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast, Mister Jonathan Ross of Funtensity. Enjoy. Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing well. You always get me with that. It's like, you know, it's uh, you make me laugh. Good. I hope so. It's yeah. better than crying, you know? <laughs> that, that too. <laughs> I love it. So we are back this week with another super exciting guest. And uh, we are going to get right into this because... We have with us, and I'm going to put the the in front of his name, Brian, because it's, you know, kind of uh, special, special, Jonathan. So uh, we have the Jonathan Ross with us today. And now for those of you that are not familiar with Jonathan Ross, you will be after today. And it's going to be fantastic. He is an award winning fitness thought leader. I love that. I love that. Um, author of Abs Revealed, creator of fun 
Tensity. Okay, think about how that sounds, everybody. Fun Tensity, pretty amazing. Um, and more importantly, he's a former Terp, for those of you, obviously, that know, um, you know, with the University of Maryland, myself. And, and that's kind of big, Jonathan. So thank goodness, because I don't know if you would have made the cut if that uh, wasn't the case. Well, I'm glad I have that going for me then. <laughs> Jonathan Ross, how are you, sir? Great. Thank you, Brian. All right. Good to, good to have you. Good to have you along here. Um, you know, I'm not a Terp, obviously. I, okay. uh, school of hard it's knocks okay. over here, but, uh, I can relate. You know, I'm a big Gary Williams fan. The guy, he was a, he was a heck of a coach. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, he was. So, Jonathan, we have, uh, so much to talk to you about today and pick your brain. And most importantly, um, the big thing that we hear with um, with your name all the time is uh, a rubber chicken. So before we even get into the background <laughs> or anything else, what is the deal with the rubber chicken? Yeah, what is the deal with the rubber chicken? Um, well, an interesting quick story, too, that's relevant to the University of Maryland is, uh, I guess, as a way to illustrate the crazy different directions that life can go and how you have to be open to things. Uh, I did go to the University of Maryland. I graduated with a degree in astronomy of all things. So I, I often tell people that I used to study stellar bodies. Now I build them because I graduated with that degree. Um, but it was like right before graduating, I realized I didn't want to work in the field. So now we're fast forwarding to about 25 years later. And I, I was just back at the college about uh, this time last year teaching a workshop to all the fitness trainers that work in the campus rec center. And it was about 50 of them. And we did a workout featuring rubber chickens in addition to a bunch of other equipment that I use consistently in the fun intensity program and driving home. It just really blew me away that, you know, I had no idea that this is what I would be doing. I'm going back to the college where I used to study astronomy and I'm, I'm up to my eyeballs in calculus and physics for the five years that I was studying there. And, uh, now I'm back, um, just kind of running around with rubber chickens, teaching a <laughs> bunch of uh, other fitness pros how to work out. It just blew me away the different turns and twists that life can take. And if you stay open to things and, and just follow your heart and actually do what you're really passionate about, you can end up doing some pretty uh, amazing things, I guess, that make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. But to your question about where the rubber chickens came from, uh, I've been studying the brain for, I guess, the last 10 years or so. I like to tell people that at some point my brain became self-aware and wanted to learn about itself. And it started really with a, a desire to learn more about Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and how we get those diseases and what we can do about it. And it's kind of, um, I guess, gone through these different twists and turns and different avenues that are all related to brain health. And, and some of it is our emotional decision-making processes that we go through and realizing that most of our decisions we do make in life are based on emotion rather than on reason and our rational side like we think they are. It's certainly a factor, but emotions are the big driver and that specific to exercise, many people's emotional response to exercise is not a good one and that steers them away from it. So a few years ago, I started the Funtensity workout plan and I was looking for things to use and I knew I was going to use tr traditional fitness equipment. I was going to use medicine balls and dumbbells and kettlebells and heavy ropes and things like that. But I also knew that I wanted to do some things that would be more playful and silly. So I was going to bring balloons into it and, and I, had, I had asked the kids fitness director at the club where I was working and I said, can I go look in the closet for things that you use in the kids' fitness programs and just kind of see what you have in there that I might find interesting to use in the Funtensity workouts? And she said, sure. So I'm looking through this closet, and there's this bucket of rubber chickens in there. As soon as I saw them, something inside of me just went, yes. I don't know. I didn't know at the time what I was going to do even with them, but there was something inside of me that just went, that's it. And I just got it. So then 
I started going around the country and around the world speaking and, and teaching other, other trainers how to, how to put this fun element into exercise. And what I noticed is that I would come back to a city I had been in the year before, and most people wouldn't remember my name, but they would say, oh, look, the rubber chicken guy is there again. And bing, the light bulb went off. So I said, well, this is a little bit of a silly, iconic kind of thing that people know, but it's never been thought of as a piece of fitness equipment. And I certainly didn't set it set out to have it become one, but because it's become such a visual signature of the Fontensity program, I've kind of adopted it as the unofficial mascot of that style of training. It's awesome. So, so how how is it? I mean, I've seen, I haven't seen it live actually. I know that Christine has, and I know that people that will go to the conventions will come back to my gym, other trainers, and things like that. And they'll they know about the chicken guy. They talk about the chicken guy, and and just like you said, how is it that you implement it? How do you use it? Um, you know, how is it? How does it come into play? Well, one of the first exercises that that we do with it, and in the Funtensity program, it's all partner based exercise because when you have partner interaction, you're, you're having a social connection, and there's heaps of research that shows that when you do things with other people, you have a better emotional response to physical activity. But then also, you're, when you insert elements of reactivity, coordination, and friendly competition, you also create a more favorable emotional response to exercise, but you also improve brain health in the short term and the long term. So what we do is an exercise where if you imagine facing your partner about maybe four to six feet away and you put a rubber chicken on top of both of your feet, so you take your feet, put them together, you put a rubber chicken on top of it lengthwise and you kind of use your feet to almost kick it in the air and throw it to your partner. Your partner catches it with their hands, puts it on their feet, throws it back to you. That's kind of the first exercise I created with it, and it's the one I use to introduce the rubber chicken to people most often. So you essentially throw it back and forth, and during the work interval, we have a friendly competition where you see which partnership of two people has the highest number of catches during a work set or the most or the highest consecutive number of catches. There's a bunch of different ways that I do it, or we actually do a big total of how many catches do you successfully get through all – four sets or two sets depends on the length of the workout and so there's a there's that friendly competition element in it and it's been really fun to see the 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 absolute hilarious time that people have with it and how how people just start laughing from just the sheer silliness of using a rubber chicken in a workout i love it and i love the fact that right now like you said people look at the you know look at fitness they look at working out as work and it shouldn't be work it should be fun and, you know, you have fun tensity and I always have been drawn to that because my whole, I guess, you know, background is, you know, I want to, I want to put in functional fitness, but the first three letters fell, spell fun. And the first two are F you, F you. And I want to right. take that F you out of working out and, and make it fun. And it's just such a wonderful concept that, you know, really you don't have to kill yourself in a workout and walk out crawling, you know, and crying. You should work out feeling good. Work out, leaving, say, I want to come back. I want to do this again. That was really cool. And I want to bring more people. And I think that's something that really, you know, you instill and, and get people to see in the fitness industry, which is so important. So for that, thank you for bringing in the rubber chicken because it's hysterical. Well, I mean, thank you for for sharing a similar vision for how people think of fitness because it really is it's it's kind of like changing the game by making it one. And if you consider the number of people out there that need fitness, it's everyone, but then the number of people that actually actively participate currently in in 
exercise is actually quite low, and we have to do something to change the pattern and change the numbers of particip- uh, numbers of people participating in it successfully, not just showing up for a few weeks. And the idea that you want your desires to match your, your actual behaviors is really fundamental to long-term behavior change. Because if I if I want to avoid exercise, but I'm dragging myself to the gym, so if I have desires that are pointing in one direction, but my actions are pointing the other directions, that's kind of like a pretty crappy way to live. And it's and I'm going to be in a little bit of misery doing that, and it's eventually going to break down. But if my desires point in the same direction as my behaviors, I am going to find it easier to stick with that behavior long term. And the, the traditional approach to exercise is really one that's never going to work for a lot of people. And I think that's, a, that's an important and difficult message for our fitness industry to understand is that what we're currently selling, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that it doesn't fit for a lot of people. And that's a really key concept that I don't think we miss. We keep saying like, well, the things that we're doing will work. Yes, but not if someone never participates in them. And a really easy way to understand this concept that I've come up with is to explain it like you you have a shoe store and you're only going to sell size seven shoes. You're going to have the best shoes ever. The best shoes the world has to offer, but you only have size seven shoes. So you keep telling everyone how great your shoe store is, but the fact that that 80% of the population is not going to be able to benefit from your shoes because they don't have size seven feet is kind of lost on you. You're focused on the quality of your shoes. You have multiple sizes. You can reach people and you can actually help more people. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's just these gigantic gaps and voids in, in the fitness industry. And, you know, and, and what people do looking from the outside, they say, I just can't do that. And, you know, and, and there's, you know, I'm, I can't, I can't do all these things that you expect me to do, even if it's, you know, running a f- long distance, you know, something that's easily accessible. You don't have to go to a gym or anything like that. And I get it. I understand it, you know, 100% completely. So it has to be inclusive in order for them to get, you know, even if it's just to get the ball rolling. Uh, you know, it has to be a, a way of, of entry level and something that they associate with, just like you said, with fun. I mean, hardest thing is, is you know, people, they, they might they might come to a class or they might see the gym and they and it's and it looks torturous to them. And this is not that, you know, it's a way to get your heart rate up and it's a way to put a smile on your face. And it's a way to, um, you know, really bust a sweat, you know, even and uh, and have a good time so much that you want to come back and do it again. Um, and I, you know, I imagine that you um, track quite copiously your notes and it's the success that people would have from this. I mean, what is what does the data tell you as far as uh, the response that people get physically from doing the workouts? Well, um, Brian, I have a quick question for you first, too. I know you're sure. it seems like you're pretty big into running. So then yes. what is it that you love about running? Like what makes your heart sing and what puts a big smile on your face about running? I, I mean, running for me is 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 more or less the the thing that puts the tick in the clock. It's uh, you know, it's it's my meditation. It's my physical activity. It's my board meeting. It's, uh, you know, everything for me. I mean, I'm, I run marathons. I wasn't always in great health. Um, you know, I, I fell into the gap of. Uh, corporate uh, life, you know, after college and, and uh, you know, I and I use running as a way. It's just everything to me. I mean, I come from a family of runners, so it's it's just been really my background and, and my passion and everything else that I do kind of is there to set running in place and, and you know, remain active physically for that. Uh, but I, you know, certainly know that it's not the key for everybody. And if I do make it the key for everybody, well, that's not good. It's not going to work. So... No, but there's a lot, there's a lot of magic in your answer there. So that's a very deep and beautiful and meaningful answer for you. But if you ask most people what running would mean to them, it's, oh, I I run so I can lose weight. I run so I I can, you know, it's, it's a, 
very dispassionate discussion of what running means to them. Exactly. And that, so that means that for that person, running might not be the best choice. And for each of us, if we find the thing that makes us talk about it, like you just talked about running, that's the thing that we need to do more of. And I think for many people, they only look at the narrow slice of what exercise is because of what the fitness, the fitness industry has traditionally shown them what exercise is. And if that doesn't appeal to you, you feel like, well, I guess I have to force myself to do it. And that doesn't work. So to answer your question about what the participation levels and the success rate has been like, uh, I like to say that in, in the fun-tensity approach to workout, uh, you, you have 80% show up for the fun and 20% show up for the intensity, but everybody stays for the fun-tensity. So it is intense enough that – that's a good one, right? Yeah, um, no, I like it. <laughs> It's it's intense enough that the 20% of people out there that love the traditional approach to exercise and they like focusing on the intensity, they'll come for that. But it's also fun enough that the other 80% who did, doesn't really want to focus on the intensity and has no interest in actually fully experiencing the intensity and they need that sense of playfulness. Like a kid running around doesn't know how hard they're working until they stop. They're just lost in the fun. And so the the approach here is that there's enough fun to appeal to the 80% who doesn't like traditional exercise, but there's enough intensity that the other 20% that does already like that will also find it gratifying. And for many people, it's not the only style of exercise you would do because no one thing you do is is going to tick all the boxes as far as all the different components of fitness that we need to touch on to maintain a healthy body. However, it does create that little bit of excitement. And I have a great story to tell about someone when they came to her, her first intensity class, uh, she said to me, and she's a bit competitive. She does exercise, but you know, struggles with sticking with it and 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 having some consistency issues. But likes to play tennis. Is pretty competitive. And the first time she ever came to the class, and I kind of had known her a bit. She'd been a one-on-one client of mine here and there, and so she came to the workout. And that uh, after she got done at the end of the intensity workout, she said to me, "That's the most fun I've ever had in my life." but I don't think I'm ever coming again. And I was like, wait a minute, that just makes no sense on any level. And I was trying to ask her more questions like, well, you know, what's going on? She's like, well, it was really fun. And I was just feeling, I was feeling really nauseous at the end of it. And, and I was kind of like, well, look, I know it was the first time. And the first time you have any experience is not, is not the real experience because you're just trying to figure it out and get through it. So I believe you should always do something at least more than once before you figure out whether or not it's truly for you or not. So I encourage you to come back. And I was trying to figure out what she said. So that night, Ding, it kind of clicked for me and I figured out that what happened was she looked competitive and she was having so much fun. She was so lost in the fun that she was ignoring her body's signals that she was actually working hard enough to start making herself nauseous and she didn't stop when her body told her to. And I actually asked her the next day, I saw her and I said, hey, is this kind of what happened? And she goes, yeah, she, she, con- she confirmed for me that that's what happened. So I was encouraging her to just like listen to your body a little bit, but I thought it was pretty powerful that she was so lost in the fun that she was ignoring her body signals that, that were telling her to stop. I don't know anyone like that. <laughs> I'm totally throwing myself under the bus here. Yeah. That, that's you awesome. Know, it, yeah. It's really important. I mean, it, you know, and, and, uh, you can get lost up in the fun, in the fun, like you said. You know, my kid, I have three boys, uh, nine, five, and four years old, and you know they don't, you know they don't wear heart rate monitors or Fitbits, and they don't, you know they don't, you know, just mess with their calorie intake and any of that stuff. I mean, they're they're just playing, they're doing, and they don't really understand, you know, the complexity of of everything that they're doing with their body. Yet there it happens, you know, and and it's it's we've we've lost that in such a way that you know. 
these things, they have to be, you know, they have to be seven minutes now and they have to be, even our fitness classes have to be an hour and, you know, and everything's got to fit this box and it just, you know, it almost doesn't work that way. That's that's true, and there's uh, there's a lot that we can learn from looking at our initial experiences with fun and play, and even physical intensity. I tell people all the time when I was growing up, I exercised all the time, but I never worked out. Um, I had I had snowball fights, I had squirt gun battles, I went sledding, I played football in the street, I played soccer, I played uh, you know I had gun battles, we played King of the Hill, I, mean, I did all this stuff that is not exercise or it's not traditionally thought of as exercise. It's just not working out with going into a gym and doing structured exercise, but it was all physically demanding. There was there was endurance involved, there was strength involved, there was power involved, there was mobility. A lot of the different components of fitness that we would train in a quote-unquote workout program are on display when you're doing a high variety of playful, intense activities. We just don't always call it working out. And I love the fact that if, you know, like for our listeners, you just said the word play over and over again. We played this, we played that, we played, and um, actually brings me back to um, you're a presenter at SCW, which that's for our listeners. You know, I was presenting with um, Play Yoga, and that's kind of how I got to cross paths with Jonathan in person for the first time because I kind of connected with him online. And I didn't, I didn't know who he was, and I don't think you knew who I was either. Yet um, you were dressed as a chicken, and I was dressed as Wonder Woman, which <laughs> is absolutely the most fitting for me and probably yourself to meet. Because that's really representative <laughs> of who we are, of what we think of, you know, about, about life and about taking things seriously or not too serious. And I, I thought that that was the best because I remember turning to you and being like, oh my gosh, you're Jonathan. I get it now. Um, <laughs> you, you know, wasn't even thinking. Um, and that and, wasn't a Halloween costume. I just dress like that all the time. Right. Um, mine as well. I actually, that, the rest of the year I dress up and that one day I wear my true colors. Um, but you were presenting, you actually did the keynote speech at that convention, um, where we were both presenting and I thought it was such a powerful keynote. I think you're, you're such a great speaker and I want our audience to realize that, you know, for someone like, for someone like you, who's out there really spreading this message of, we need to have fun. You need to really look out and say, am I, you know, killing myself working out or can we make this fun? Can we make it something that happens. And Brian and I talk um, a lot about when something is work, it doesn't work. And if something can be fun and you have an emotional connection to it and you have something positive, it will work. And when you spoke to, you know, you dressed at the keynote, you talked a lot about how emotion drives motion. And I think that was such a powerful message for people because what you associate with something positive, you will continue to do. So, Will you share a little bit with our listeners about that message about really emotion controlling almost everything we do in life? Well, I'm happy to, but you also just said it quite well yourself. Uh, that, that really was a big eye opener for me studying it because you know I, I was trained in college as an astronomer, which is science. So I was coming at it from a very rational perspective. And when I decided to work in fitness, it was it started off as a very rational thing. My parents were very heavy, and, and my father died at 424 pounds. Kind of why I made the decision to get into fitness, but it was it was this kind of approach of understanding the science behind exercise. And then so it was a it was a I don't, I don't want to say a bitter pill to swallow, but an eye opening one for me, where I had this understanding about a decade ago, I started actually realizing that 
most people in this world make we make most of our decisions whether they be pertaining to physical activity or anything else based on on emotion and even if we think we're being mostly rational behind the scenes emotions are the driver and so the, the there is a fairly common construct i first read about it in the book switch by chip and dan heath where there's this setup where your emotions are the elephant your rational side is the rider on the elephant and your physical environment your life is the is the path that you're trying to go on with the elephant so if the rider wants the elephant to go down a certain path but the elephant is afraid to or fearful or has gone down that path before and has been met with horrible experiences like many people have with physical activity you're not going to get the elephant to go down that path so if we make a better environment it's going to um, easy elephant's fears. If we create small wins and a feeling of success initially, as opposed to having this long-term approach with success, if we say um, a form of success with exercise is really just to show up three times in this week, you've done three workouts this week, or you've tried a new fitness class to expand your horizons of things that you might enjoy, that's actually success. It's not losing the 50 pounds that's a success because that's long-term. So you create short-term wins, and that's like elephant fuel. It motivates the elephant to continue because a common expression is that the journey of a 1,000 miles begins with one step, which, okay, that's a great expression, but also a journey of five feet begins with one step too. So even, even if you stop the journey pretty quickly after you started, it still begins with one step. But you'll be more likely to make the thousand mile journey if your first steps are really good ones. So the key is when you're starting any new form of activity or if you're picking it up and you haven't exercised in a while or you're just trying a new style of exercise that's going to really challenge you, you got to figure out some way to make it gratifying right out of the gate so you're drawn to it, so you're drawn to continue because without that emotional gratification of doing it, you you probably will not be able to continue it long term. And as you said, if it's work, it won't work. And you can even just look at people's body language when they talk about exercise. If you um, you know, as a fitness professional yourself, I'm sure you run into people that maybe you haven't seen in a while and they know you do what you do and they see you out at the grocery store or out in public and it's, and you feel a little bit like the priest and the person hasn't been to church in a while. They give you that, oh, I'm coming back to the gym soon, I swear. And, and they have this sort of heaviness and this burden about it that they shouldn't really have because that's not what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be work. And, you know, I guess one of the common things uh, is that as adults, we think that we have to work and yes we do but we often think that like work and play are, are this opposites and it's it's actually not the case the opposite of play is not work the opposite of play in a sense of playfulness is depression it's an emotional state that's actually narrowing your view of the world as opposed to a sense of play when you're think about something you do that you enjoy that brings a sense of playfulness it expands your view of things it creates an expansiveness really in your soul and in your heart and in your mind that you think that almost anything is possible for you and you somehow feel like your problems aren't as bad anymore and that's why physical activity is like a great healer in terms of just moving you in a positive direction emotionally so then if we just figure out how I can get moving in a way that I enjoy or at least don't hate and you stick with it long enough that you begin to develop an enjoyment of it, that's the secret for sticking with it long term. We can't do something that we're going to hate long term. It's never going to work for people. It's amazing. Amazing. So tell us now, what do you recommend that people do? So we have a lot of listeners out there that are just where do we start? What do we do? What What is your biggest recommendation for people that that just don't know that that are? Do I go here and do that? I mean, we have people that say, "Hey, you know what? I want to get into shape. I'm I'm going to sign up for a marathon," and we're like, "Oh my gosh!" So, what are, what are the steps that you tell people to do? 
Well, the first thing I think is is figuring out what you really don't like and what you know you don't like for sure. Because I have I, I don't have a lot of rules because I think that with the, with the human experience, there's a lot of gray areas, which means you can't have a lot of really black and white rules to things. But one that I do have is I don't want anyone doing any form of exercise or eating any food that they hate. So then the little caveat to that is that you have to do do things and try things often enough to make sure you've actually figured out whether you like it or not. But too many people with exercise force themselves to attend classes they don't enjoy, to do workouts they don't enjoy with instructors they don't like, and they then they feel like they have to do it because, well, if it doesn't suck, it's not going to work. Right. And, and it creates an emotional response that makes you want to leave it and not do it. And then what happens is after your willpower burns out, after a few weeks of doing that, you find somehow um, an endless list of reasons why you quote unquote couldn't get to the gym to do the workout. So the key is just figure out what you just don't like to do and then say, I'm not going to do that anymore. So then it becomes step two is figuring out what you do like. And if you don't like physical activity yet, you got to keep trying stuff until you figure out what you do like. Because one thing I firmly believe is that we are not wired to hate physical activity. Now, there, there's plenty of research showing that there's varying degrees to which people like physical activity. However, given that physical activity and healthy eating are innate to the human experience and, and they provide vitality like nothing else can, there is no one born who has a natural dislike of healthy food and physical activity. It's just like saying there's a, there, there are fish that are born that hate water. It just doesn't happen because it's, it's the environment they live in. So we have to figure out the things that you enjoy. And if you don't know, you just have to keep trying new things until you figure out what you do enjoy. Because I guarantee you there's a form of physical activity out there that you enjoy that is also challenging enough to provide fitness benefits. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, we always say, you know, work within your strengths. You know, what what will you what can you do? What what would you like to do? Tell me, you know, and we'll start there and we can make progress off off of that and there's our first step, you know, of of 5 or th- or a million. Uh, you know, and it's just it's just a way to kind of, you know, everybody's different, right? We have, you know, just different by you know, chemistry, bi- different by, bi- you know, bioindividuality, uh, you know, and it's just a way for them to really you know, just f- focus on on themselves and get in f- and feel, you know, and feel emotion and, and feel things like that. If it's not right, then we don't want you doing that. Just like you said, um, you know, it's it's just so important because, you know, so many people just get nipped at the at the bud, you know, at, you know, if before they even get going, because it just there's a turn off to them. My wife, my wife dances. My wife does Zumba and she loves it. Like she loves it, and I know that she loves it, and she goes and she does this stuff, and and it's and it's great for her. I mean, it wouldn't really work all that well for me. I mean, I'm 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 an Irish fellow with two left feet, uh, you know, and you know, and it's just it's just I know I see the glow when she comes back. She just loves it, and it's really Zumba and it's hip hop and it's all sorts of stuff, um, you know, and it's just it's what she's willing to do, and it's her wheelhouse and it's her strength, and you know, and it's what she's going to be consistent with and uh you know and and that's just the real goal with all this stuff um you yeah know. she probably does she probably feels like she doesn't have to drag herself to the zuma class you oh know, no that's she's a, running out the door the the, the tires yeah. screech on the, on the way out of the driveway she's <laughs> peace see you later 
So that's a key indication that she's doing the right things for her, and that's what beautiful. all of us have to do. And it might not be an actual structured fitness class, but that pursuit of figuring out the thing that feeds our soul while we're moving. And if we can combine that sense of inner joy and expansiveness with physical activity, there's no feeling like it in the world. You get it from running. Christine gets it from jumping around in the snow in a Wonder Woman costume. <laughs> uh, you know, so everybody's got their thing, and you just have to find that out what it is. That was a dare, okay? And when someone dares me to do something, especially if it's for like, you know – kids or charity or to help other people's fitness, I tend to cave very quickly. So <laughs> it happens. What, let's talk about fun though. Let's talk about Funtensity and the program and exactly what, what you do with it, where it's going. What, let's talk about this. Cause this is really, you know, really what you're, you know, re- really what you're embracing right now. So I would love for, you know, our audience to kind of hear more about that. Well, if we, just kind of look back at the last few months. I just have recently launched a program. So it's a very new program. A lot of people may not have even heard of it yet. So that's, uh, if everybody's going like, what, what is this? I haven't heard of this yet. It's just really started. And, and so my, my goal with it is to honestly change people's emotional response to exercise. And it's all partner based. It's a circuit based workout. And I'm currently setting up. Um, speaking engagements around the world, just to kind of pushing it out to first fitness professionals, trying to get people to launch it in gyms. And, you know, certainly uh, if, if, if there's any major chain of gyms out there that wants to um, officially adopt it, let me know. If there's anybody who wants me to come to you and teach you how to do the workout, let me know. But I also teach the brain science behind it. So you know that it's actually grounded in brain science that has to do with how we process information now so it makes our brains function better now better decision making better emotional states just a more positive outlook on life but also long term it actually it actually helps prevent alzheimer's and parkinson's so there's actually quite a bit of depth to the program it's not just about throwing rubber chickens around that's just what it looks like on the surface but the idea behind it is actually grounded in a lot of brain science because if we do certain types of exercise we get a long-term benefit to brain health in that if you do things that have some reactivity and coordination and partner interactivity, it, it produces chemicals that protect the brain from from some of the neurodegenerative diseases that are the top ones that a lot of people get with aging, and that's a big topic right now. So my hope of the Funtensity program is that first and foremost, step one is to kind of change the way the fitness industry presents exercise to the world because I've seen that they're trying to sell size seven shoes to everyone and not everybody has size seven feet. And so this new way of presenting exercise that's intense enough to change the body but fun enough to change your mind about exercise is, is really my main number one mission within the fitness industry. And then secondary to that, after the first year or two of doing that, my plan is to actually start uh, doing more keynote addresses, um, writing a book probably with fun, some Funtensity concepts because it's more than just a workout style. So this is something I want to get out into the everyday person's hands as well. It's it's actually a way of life. It's about being playful in your environment. It's when you go for a walk in your neighborhood, you're actually balancing on the curb. You're walking under and around tree branches, or around signs. You're trying to step on the cracks or trying not to step on the cracks or you're trying to follow the asphalt seams where there's been some patchwork done in the street. You're taking a tennis ball with you and bouncing it around. If you've got somebody walking with you, you're bouncing it back and forth. You're trying to see how many consecutive catches in the air you can get before you d- drop the ball. You're noticing the birds that are flying around as you're taking a walk. You're just, you're, you're interacting with your environment in a much more 
robust and significant way than we typically do when we think of things like going for a walk. Um, another example, just recently I was traveling and I, I was getting on the Skylink train at an airport and they always tell you to hold on to the handrail. Well, not Jonathan. Jonathan doesn't hold on to the handrails. <laughs> Jonathan does Skylink surfing. and But cer- certainly I have my hand near the handrail, so if I do lose my balance, but I think ups. it's fun to tr- we do try to stay. <laughs> you do, do, do pull-ups, right? <laughs> I just try to kind of like surf it a little bit and stand there and maintain my balance. And I just it's just playing with your physical environment. That's really what the Funtensity idea is. It's bringing that sense of enjoyment back to being physical because we get lost in it. I, I see it with my kids when we walk down a tiled hallway or anything like that. They, you know, they pick a color and they bounce back and forth between it. And it's just, you know, it's the same thing. You know, going down to the bus stop in the morning, there's never a foot, you know, it's not a foot race. We do, we, you know, we run every, almost every morning and the first one out the door is like the fastest, you know, he gets there first. He's all proud. It's just those, it's, it's just like, you know, it's the things that we've lost. It's being a kid again. I love it. This is, this is really exciting to me. I think it's fantastic. We're getting back into the mindfulness is, is what it is. Um, and this is really where we're going. We're getting away from the, the whole idea that we're plugged in all the time. The cell phones, the computers, the every single thing that we do right now is, is really stresses. We're always, you know, accountable every single second of the day. And when can we just walk into, you know, even if you go to one of your classes in the gym, um, Hey, you know what? Turn your phones off. You've got one hour for you because at the end of the day, no one is more important than you. Yeah, I would even go so far as to recommend most people keep a separate music player. If you like to listen to music while you exercise, keep a music player that's just a music player. Don't use your phone as your music player. Leave your phone behind when you work out. That, that's what I do because I don't want that thing anywhere near me because I give – you know, my, if, if we're just using, you know, one hour as an example, if, if I have a one hour workout, that's my time. I give the other 23 hours to the world trying to make it a better place. And so I just, I just need that one hour, uh, to just focus on making myself better so I can be better for everyone that I need to be better for. So now going forward, are, is your plan to now certify instructors that are going to be launching your program in different places? How's that going to work? Yeah, that's happened. I've taught the first few workshops and everybody's been really excited about it. I've done one in Thailand. I've done one in Maryland, um, doing one in New York in a month. And uh, that's going to be March 18th in uh, New York City at the Independent Training Spot. And I'm scheduling future events around the country and around the world later this year. So yeah, it's um, it's underway. Definitely underway. I definitely want to get the fitness industry t- to keep um, changing how they're presenting fitness to people. Because I've seen it. I mean, my parents were heavy. And and I didn't grow up in a fit household. And so I know that there's a lot of people out there that are more like my parents than are more like me now. And so I want to have that approach to say, like, look, this is the majority of the population needs our help as an industry and we can provide it for them. But they they're not using our services and there's no reason they shouldn't be other than the fact that they're scared to death of us. They all think that it has to look like a Gatorade commercial where you're sweating blue out of your eyeballs. <laughs> and, and that's not that's not going to be very appealing to most people out there. And it can be a big turnoff. And it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to suck to be beneficial. One of the things that I think stood out to me when you um, gave a keynote speech that I that I got to see in person was you put pictures up, you put images up, that if you were to Google fitness and working out, what would come up? And it it is really very true that there is this this idea that this is what someone looks like if they're fit. This is what working out I need to look like. And it's really not that case. 
Yeah, what, for the listeners, what Christine's referring to, it was a slide I put up that was just really a collage of images that I just grabbed off the internet that had to do with people engaged in what most people traditionally think of as exercise or showing some of the byproducts of exercise, like popped calluses and really extreme positions and people taking mirror selfies in the bathroom with their pants down or their shirt off and just these really overly intimidating images of what the traditional approach to what working out is and what exercise is. And if you, it's, it has a different effect on you. If you look at one of those images, it just kind of looks a bit weird. But when you put a collage up and you stack them all together and you really see that this creates an emotional response that almost feels like it's something negative and it's unpleasant and it's torturous. And for the average person, it's just like, yeah, get me as far away as I can possibly be from that. And then the next picture showed people doing a front intensity workout. And yes, they were working hard. And yes, they were expressing physical intensity, but they all had smiles plastered on their faces. And many of them were across three generations because the this style of working out, yes, it can be appropriate for kids, but it's not for kids because there's enough kids programs. You can have kids do it, but it's not a kid's program. This is an adult program. This is the idea that this is, this is adult level fitness with kid level fun. And combining those two things together is essential because being an adult shouldn't be as awful as it is sometimes and as drudgery as it is sometimes. And certainly people have enough things that they have to do during the day. I don't want them to continue to put exercise in that category because they often do. It just becomes another thing that they have to do. And I want it to become something that they want to do because when you want to do it, you'll actually do it more. And, and you add the, the rubber chicken and it's, uh, and it's, you know, it's like a Trojan horse, you know, it's, it's just irresistible. Le- it just leads to so much more, you know, you think it's just a rubber chicken, but meanwhile, you know, it's, it's, it's an, it's an irresistible force that's, uh, it's, I, you know, it's so just what you said there, you see those images and you see those things and then you see the people that actually need to get them, you know, get moving and the ones they're not going to walk into a scene like that. They're just not, you know, maybe, you know, for one reason or another, they maybe they don't have the stylish clothes or the right sneakers or whatever, and they just don't feel comfortable in that environment. And uh, who, who, you know, who's not going to feel comfortable with a rubber chicken around? It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's very inviting. It's cool. I love it. It's irresistible. Uh, I haven't met, I haven't met anyone yet who can actually, like, I've, I've met people that are initially resistant to it, you know, some hardcore workout types that will sit there with their arms folded, but once they start throwing it around, they become a kid again. And yes, you can be intense with it, but it just kind of, you know, get over yourself a little bit. It doesn't have to be all, you know, we're not all storming the castle and, uh, you know, defending the uh, queen from being, you know, murdered by the town villagers here. It's not <laughs> really what's at stake when we're engaging in a fitness program. It can be intense, but it can also be fun too. And, and that's one of those things that I always try and work with is just taking that mask off of that masculinity that macho-ness that you know i'm not going to do this or i need to do that like you they think that they need to be in a certain arena or genre of fitness uh you know in order to sometimes you know i guess satisfy whatever that that you know macho-ness is and you know it's it's true you know it's interesting brian i just want to interject quickly i was traveling and i I saw as I think it was an issue of maybe men's health or some men's fitness magazine, but on the cover it said, are you special forces fit? And I felt like, no, no, I'm not. And nor do I want to be, nor do I need to be. I'm in my forties. I don't need to be special forces fit. Why would I want to be at this age? Like, cause it's, it's brutal to be, you know, that's why it's for 21 year olds that are, that are in the Navy SEAL program. It's not for everybody. You know, it's just funny that, but that's the standard. And we put pressure on ourselves to be this, this uber hyper level of fitness. And it's not attainable for the majority of the population. And for the regular population, even that idea that that's what fitness is just turns them off. And, and we're we're bred into that. I mean, it comes from youth sports. It's it's really something that you know they they really wedge in in a, in a really you know 
uh, unfavorable way early. You know, you have to be this and you have to be all in and all, you know, and, and that stuff. And, and, uh, you know, at times when I'm training, I, I do get that way. And, and, but, you know, it's never without a, you know, group run on a Sunday with some, you know, jokes and, and, uh, you know, a bagel or something afterwards to kind of relax and, and have the community. Uh, aspect of it so yeah it's just you know those those men's health magazines drive me nuts they show a picture of a dude with a six-pack you know with a big like white smile with nice haircut and then they show a workout they put a workout next to it as if like you do this workout and this is what you're going to look like and it's this you know i'm a 43 year old dad um you know it's uh i call it a father figure or a dad bod whatever you want to call it but uh you know it's it's just not really you know it's not really reality um so i, I love it I'm guessing you don't have a dad bod, though. Uh, yeah. He's in I'm really guessing. good shape. <laughs> Put it that way. We're we're both very fit and crazy people. Like we kind of yeah. one up each other is what pretty much tends to happen sometimes. Brian will be fit. Like, crazies don't have dad bods. Yeah. Look, you know, it's never it's never what you really 100 percent right. want it to be. I mean, I fall into that same thing that everyone else does, you know, and 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 uh, you know that's why I always just try and base things on on what I'm doing. Uh, you know, as far as times and training and things like that, I know if I'm hitting my marks or not. I don't give a shit what I look like. Um, you know, uh, for the most. Yeah, part. fitness most really part. is about. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Many years ago, I was, I was struggling to come up with a definition of fitness. It was I was trying to think of something that could apply to everyone, really wherever you are on the fitness spectrum. And I think for me, one that's always really clicked and made sense and spoken to me is that fitness is being able to do whatever you want in your body and not have to worry about your body. Like you can just pick up something and go do it. And you know, maybe you try some new activity. If if I haven't played soccer in a while, I can go play soccer, and I'm not going to be sore for three days because right. I have a body that's fit enough that I can just go explore and have a sense of adventure and curiosity about the world and try new things that are physical and I can go out somewhere and know that I have the leg strength and the lung power to be able to get back if I go pretty far. And it's just one of those things that it just opens up your world to a sense of adventure and curiosity and exploration that you don't have when you don't live in a fit body. And it's not about an image. It's about what you can do. And people need to realize that this is, this is life right now. This is every single fitness um, professional, every person that, you know, Brian and I have, you know, have talked to top of the industry, exercise scientists, yourself, Jonathan, we're putting you in this category. Um, this is where it's at. And when, when people look for a way to get fit or get more healthy or be, be more, um, be more active, that the people that you need to turn to are the people that realize that it starts with your foundation. It starts with your mental health. It starts with, your emotion, your emotion is going to drive that motion is going to give you that feeling that you want to do this, that it's, you know, maybe it's a community, a tribe, maybe, you know, fun intensity is going to give them, you said it's a partner workout a lot. You have that connection. There's a, there's a high five. There's a, I know your name. Um, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, a gigantic group where you're lost in the mix. You almost feel like, you know, you have this sense of accountability because of a partner, and that's huge. And, and fitness, like you said, it's not just about killing yourself. It's about knowing I can move and movement is the most important thing. And I think that that's something that everyone needs to remember when you sit where to, you know, say where to start. And like your definition of fitness is exactly that. You don't have to be, you know, a competitive athlete or marathoner or whatnot. You can just be someone who can move and is healthy enough to do it. 
Yeah, and I think uh, another key element to, to tie in with the emotional aspect to keep you involved with it is that for a lot of people, they, they don't love exercise, and that's okay. They never will because the people that love exercise work in fitness. So then everybody else, they just kind of have to get a little bit of a crush on it. They don't have to fall in love with it, but they got to find something that, that they like about it. And whatever you love about life, whatever it is, if it's you love playing with your kids or you love um, doing carpentry or maybe building furniture or catching butterflies or just doing bird watching or anything. It doesn't matter what you do. Whatever you love about life, the things that you love to do, they get better and you enjoy them more when you do them in a fit body. Whatever it is, fitness is the underpinning for whatever you love about life. When you're you're doing it on a foundation of fitness, you're doing it more effectively, you can do it more often, you can do it for longer, and you enjoy it more. So, Jonathan, there's a few last questions that we have for you before we before we wrap up our time together today. And the first one, no pressure here, however, first one is if you had to impart any last piece of information um, to our listening audience about fitness or motivation or something that you can leave them with as a little piece of advice, what would that be? So I'd have, I would answer that question two ways. I would say, First, to an audience of people that are just maybe just taking the first initial steps exercise and just getting back into it after a long layoff, I would say your main job is to not overthink it and just make tomorrow better than today was and just keep repeating that process. So whatever it is, whatever you're struggling at the outset or trying to learn to figure out how to do, just stick with it. Make tomorrow better than today was. Today's not going to be perfect, but make tomorrow better than today was and just keep repeating that process because that's the key to getting better. For the other person who is consistent with exercise and is, and is kind of already doing it, and but you're just maybe struggling at times with staying engaged and maybe you're doing it out of a little bit more of a sense of obligation, I would encourage you to look into your past and find an activity that you used to love to do that you've maybe stopped doing that you can pick up again or think about something you've maybe always wanted to try doing that's physical in nature that will give you a sense of excitement and maybe a little bit of scariness because that's where you know if we kind of slide down the razor's edge of life that's where a little bit of the excitement is but do it in safe ways but look for something that engages you that interests you that allows you to have that sense of excitement and anticipation about being physical rather than feeling like you're going through the motions awesome jonathan do you name your chickens uh no I don't uh, – I do not name the chickens. <laughs> That's a good idea. You need Maybe to name the start. chickens. You're welcome for that. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get right on that. Yeah. It's important for the emotional attachment to that. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so. Jonathan, I, I have to tell you I, – you, I mean you're inspiring. You're inspiring me. I, I really uh, – I love the message. I love the message of progress and just you know, you know, keep on, on, on moving it forward and, and doing all those things. You can definitely count me in for that certification. I, I want to be a part of this, uh, you know, on my little uh, spot in the world. And, uh, you know, because it's, it's, just, it's just everything that, you know, we've gotten away from. It's everything that the industry is not. And, and one thing that I, Christine said, we do have, you know, a few people come in, you know, on, on the show. And, and, you know, some heavy hitters from the fitness industry. And like we said, we consider you to, a part of that. And the message that I'm hearing from all of them is not the message that the fitness industry actually uh, puts out there. Amen. And, and to me, it's just refreshing because I, I don't think that there's much, you know, longevity and, and, and really, um, you know, consistency or, or a way that it can be, you know, um, can be maintained with the way that it, that it's really depicted. And this is what's needed. So bravo, my man. And, uh, you know, I appreciate it. And I just really thank you for the inspiration. 
Well, thank you, Brian, and thanks for what both of you are doing and coming together and you know, having two fit, crazy people come together and um, give uh, people like me and other people a voice, which is hopefully going to help a lot of other people. It's the best part about being alive in this time with, with having the technology available is that you can do something that can have a positive ripple effect on someone's life that's across the world. And um, that's, a, that's something I have tremendous gratitude for. So thank you for giving me that opportunity to share this time with you. Our pleasure. So tell us, Jonathan, where can people find you? Where can we find you? Easiest way is Funtensity.com, and uh, that's also the social media handle for all the social media accounts. You can get, you can see lots of rubber chicken videos, ideas on how to use it, other things too. It's not all just rubber chickens, but you go to just go to at Funtensity at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, and that's how you'll find me there. Awesome. What's a rubber chicken going for these days? Um, usually around seven bucks or so. They're seven bucks for a rubber chicken. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, everybody that does come to the the uh, certification workshop gets a free rubber chicken to take home with them. So it's uh, funny when I travel for these things. I'm I'm kind of bringing thirty rubber chickens along, and uh, <laughs> I have no idea what the airport screeners are are thinking when they're looking at the luggage. But I'm sure they've seen worse. They're all named Christine. Every rubber chicken. <laughs> oh man! Only the ones that have a Wonder Woman costume. Yeah. That is true. You're no, um, oh you're my no gosh. chicken. Yeah, we'll get that happening, but. Needless to say, we will put all this information about Jonathan Ross and about Funtensity and all of his programs, all about it on our website or twofitcrazies.com and twofitcrazies and a microphone all over the place on social media. We will find this information when we drop this podcast. So look for that. Jonathan, we can't thank you enough for coming on today and spreading the Words of health and fitness and nutrition with the world. We hope to make some positive changes here. And uh, with that said, my yeah. name is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.